what I was saying was, and, and this has kind of been my thought all day, I, I don't really care what's going on around you. I don't care, really care what the struggles and attacks are in your personal mind and heart and life. I want you to understand they don't have to have victory over you. They do not have to dominate you. They do not have to keep you down, no matter what. The cool part is you can leave this place and not only say amen here. Okay, everybody say amen. Just say amen, just humor me. You don't just have to say amen here, but you can go out there and you can say to all those hurting people, there's hope for you, man. You can get up. You can rise. You're going to be okay. Now let's go. And when they say no, you look at them and say, yes, you can. Say it with me. Yes, you can. Okay, don't be afraid of that. Yes, you can. If they will make that decision and begin, God will see them through that. And I think that's so very important for us to understand it. If you're, did I say turn to Romans chapter 8 verse 5? Okay, now I ain't going to start there, but you turn there. Okay, this morning we're talking about um, the, the, the mind. Okay, we're talking about the, the mind and, and the mind is kind of the trigger to the soul. And the soul is, is, is your brain. Your soul is your emotions. Your soul is kind of this um, dynamic within you that kind of runs your life. Okay, um, it kind of... Um, helps you to make the decisions that you need to be making, okay? And one thing that really I struggle with, in fact, it just flat out ticks me off, is when I hear people say, well, that's who I am. There's not anything I can do about it. Do you ever hear somebody say that? Do you ever say it yourself? Be honest. Never. You lying dog. But the bottom line is, is that we need to hear that because I hear that from people all the time. I hear that from people who sit in church pews every Sunday. I hear that from pastors. And I want you to understand that Romans chapter 12, verse two, you just stay right where you're at. Romans eight. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says that you can be transformed. You can be metamorphosized, okay? You can be made, taken from being um, that caterpillar, that ugly furry thing, and you can be made that beautiful butterfly. You really can. You can be transformed. You can be metamorphosized by the renewing of your mind. If you're stuck in life, and if you're stuck spiritually, it, be, it is because of what's going on between your ears. That's the trigger. That's the trigger. And if you remember Genesis 3, where do you think Satan came at Adam and Eve? He came at them mentally. He started a conversation with them, didn't he? Okay? And they were dumb enough to keep talking. All right? That's a hint. Don't talk to him. 
don't even listen to that sorry person who's telling you you're worthless or you can't. Amen? Are you with me? Because let me tell you something. I don't care who you are. You think he talks to you? You ought to see how he talks to me. He's got loudspeakers on my shoulders. No, I'm serious. And I mean, it's just something, if, because if he can destroy me, it impacts a lot of people. And, and we need to understand that. But if he impacts you, it impacts a lot of people too. You need to understand, parents, grandparents, those kids are watching. They're defining your life by how you think and how you live and how you make decisions. Amen? So if you're kind of stuck or you're kind of negative or you're kind of a gossip, then or you're a slanderer, or you're, you're just this person that kind of uh, deleteriously, uh, big word, isn't it? deleteriously negatively impacts the person beside you, then the bottom line is you need to allow God to transform your mind. Amen? Just one other verse I want to throw out there that I think is just powerful, and I'll use both of these verses throughout this sermon. We haven't even got to the sermon yet. We've got plenty of time. But in chapter uh, 4 of uh, Ephesians, verse 23 and 24, it says, we are to be made new in the attitude of our mind. See, it's not just how we think. It's not just those synapses that keep firing or don't fire up in, in, in between our ears. It's got to do with our attitude between our ears. It's got to do with the decisions that we're living on between our ears. Amen? You know, you walked in here today and you walked in here either like, boy, I'm going to get my hour in or cool, God's going to do something in my life and in the lives of those around me. Amen? That's an attitude. That's an attitude. And if you came in and plopped down, then the bottom line is you came in with an attitude. If you came in excited about what God's going to do, you came in with an attitude. You make up your mind which one you want. Amen? But 24 says, we can put on the new self. Created to be like God in true righteousness and in true holiness. Before I even started today, I wanted you to understand this. You can change your mind. You can change, you, you can change your psyche. You can change your atmosphere. You can change your attitude. You really can. You just need to decide to do it. And God will do the rest. If you run around with stinky thinking and it's destroying you and everybody around you, it's time to make a decision. Amen? And I want you to hear this. And listen, all of us, all of us at one time or another kind of delve into the stinky thinking syndrome. I don't care who you are. You know, we just had a bad day or something um, uh, psychologically going on, something happening. You argued with your wife. You argued with your husband. You know, your kids are being doofuses, whatever. All right? You know, I want you to understand, we all have those days. But in the middle of that, you don't play with it. You decide, today, I'm changing my heart and my mind by the power of God's Holy Spirit. Amen? Very, very important. Father, this morning, help us to truly see ourselves. Help us to truly see that if there, is, if there are things going on in our mind, in our psyche, in our, the attitudes of our mind. That shouldn't be. 
that do not represent or reflect you. And they do not glorify you. And they're not good for us. And they're not good for anybody around us. So, Father, I just pray, Lord, that you would do a great and mighty work through this preaching of your word today. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Remember where we are. Okay. Verse one of chapter eight talks about the fact is there is therefore no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Somebody say hallelujah. Go ahead. I know you want to, you know, I'm going to make you into a, a Pentecostal organization any, sometime, someday. Pastor's excited about that, only without all the goofy parts. All right? So the bottom line is that, that you, you don't have to walk around with all this garbage on your mind and your heart. Amen? You just don't. Oh, but I've, stop. There is therefore no con. Oh, it's not up there. There is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The second verse said, "Listen, Jesus Christ died and rose again." She put it up there. Just tell me when. No, I'm just kidding. But Jesus Christ died and rose again to set you free from the garbage, this law that was destroying your life, the the law of sin and death. Did you hear what I just said? You need to get this. You need to understand this. This is really what Jesus is all about. It's not about going to boring church. Okay? It's about him actually setting your life, mind, heart, body, soul free to be the person or become the person you were created to be. That's where you'll find life. That's where you'll find joy. That's where you'll find peace. Amen? He did this by sending his son to live just like us. That's what this season is all about. Jesus, next week in the morning, it's going to be, he didn't have to. In the evening, it's going to be, but he did. Okay? He didn't have to, but he did. God sent his one and only son because he loved us to the very heart of our chaos and our cancer. And I'm not talking about physical cancer. I'm talking about spiritual cancer. He sent it to the very heart of that, not so that we could be condemned, but so that he could condemn that sin and death, that destruction. He condemned it in the flesh to death. The next time you start, well, there ain't nothing I can do. Remember that verse, man. Read the book. He condemned that sin. It does not have to control your life. Oh, but I'm an addict. Stop that. Read the book. Read the book. I am so tired of hearing so-called Christians tell me there are certain things God can't do. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. The problem is you. The problem is you kind of like your sin more than you want freedom. Amen? That was verse three. Now verse four. So I told you you couldn't keep up. In order, I want you to hear this one, that every requirement of the law and God and his word Every one of them was met. When Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. Everything that needed to be done for you to have life eternal 
and life in heaven was completed. Was completed. Now, if you run around sucking your thumb, feeling sorry for yourself, thinking there's nothing you can do, that's on you because you just heard the truth. I'm a mean person, aren't I? I'm a mean, ugly person. But I'm a mean, ugly person because I hate what's destroying your life. And I will not allow it to destroy your life without giving it a good scrap. Amen? Read verse 5 with me. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live according to the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. Now you can turn to to six now. But let me ask you a question. Who are you living by? See, that's, that's the question today. Who is your power? What is your impetus? What is your strength? Who are you all about? You see what I'm saying? Are you there with me? Okay, all right. The mind governed or set on the flesh is death. Separation from God. Absolute weakness. And inability to be the person you want to be. An inability to love those people around you the way you want to love them. Because it's all about you. I'm going to say it again. Somebody say amen. Because it's all about you. Amen. Amen? Okay. But the mind governed or set on the spirit or set in the spirit or in sync with the spirit or collaborating with God's Holy Spirit is life and peace. Well, how do I know? You got life and peace? Or you got frustration and depression? Despair, heartache. You don't have to live there. You don't have to be dominated by that. Stop it. Step up. Say, that's what I want to be. That's who I want to be. That's what I want. I'm tired of the garbage messing with my mind, my heart, my marriage, and my life. Amen? Verse 6. Verse 7, I'm sorry. The mind set on the flesh is, is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Because it can't. That's a powerful statement. And I hear people, oh, I want to. No, you don't, or you would. You see, stop that thinking and stop hanging around people that tell you, yes, that's okay. Hang around people that are jerks like me and say, no, you don't have to be there. You don't have to live there. You don't have to think there. You don't have to be governed by the garbage that's destroying your life. You can be set free. The next verse. 
Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Let's go back and let's take some terms that I, I, I think that are kind of important this morning. The first one is this, the whole dynamic of the flesh. Okay? You know what the flesh is all about? Me and um, me and um, me. Amen? I want what I want and I want it now. And if I don't get it, I'm going to be miserable and I'm going to do everything I can to make you as miserable as me. Because you make me uncomfortable with this life and peace garbage. Because I want what I want. And it's okay to want what I want. No, that's sin. That's death. You have to understand the church is full of people who they're just in the flesh. They go to church, but it's still all about them. And let me tell you something. If you've ever been around them, if you tell them they're not where they need to be, you talk about making you miserable. They're professional miserableites. No, I'm serious. I'm serious. I've been around. I grew up with them. My whole home church was full of it. And everybody put up with it. And I sat there as an 8, 10-year-old boy going, why do y'all put up with this? They destroyed every pastor that came through the doors. They destroyed each other. And they felt good about it. It was God's will. And I'm sitting there going, you have to, I can say this because all my relatives Seriously? Seriously? I'm sorry. I've, I probably don't understand all of the book, but I've read enough of the book even as a 10-year-old to know. That's kind of stupid. I don't even understand that. Amen? You know, I want you to understand, the flesh is all about making everybody around me just like me because me wants to be able to control everybody around me. And if I can't control you, I will try to manipulate you and and keep you down so that the bottom line is I can get what I want. It's all about me and me and me. Kids, is it all about you? You've got to answer that question. You need to ask yourself. I want you to understand. Church today has become about the flesh. I'm told that what I need to do is I need to get the demographics of the area and I need to do what everybody in the area wants. No, thanks. Well, they won't like you. That's okay. I don't like them all that much either. It's all right. That's foolishness. That's called church growth. It's, 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 it's humanistic methodologies that basically pander to the flesh and it makes everybody come in and then they get nothing. I want you to understand something. I don't have any desire 
to pander to the flesh. That's why if you've ever come at me in the flesh, and, and, and just because the other preachers that have been here have put up with it, I don't put up with it. But I don't just put up with it for me. I don't put up with it for you. That's killing you. That's destroying you. And there are some sitting here that have never caught on. It's still about you. I don't get what I want. Then you need to understand you're about the flesh. And what the flesh leads to is death. And you need to constantly ask yourself, is it about me or is it about him? Because you have to understand, if you are in sync with the flesh, it's about you. But if you are under the guidance and the power of God's Holy Spirit, it's about Jesus Christ. It's about him. When it's about him, it's about love. Love. Not this little wimpy worldly love that's entered the church. And, you know, if you'll like me, I'll like you. Let's like each other to death. No. I'm talking about a love that looks at their wife. And I ain't perfect by any. Go ahead. Say amen. Go ahead. And says, I will die for you every day. That's God's command for us, man, right? Whatever it takes to build you up, to whatever it takes to present you as a shining um, uh, uh, example of God's glory and grace, that's what I will do. That's love. Amen? Now come from the other side, love is also when you get stupid, you tell them. There's one human being I fear. It's so cute. I go into restaurants and I tell people about Lisa. Because I, I eat breakfast out a lot. And, and a couple of weeks ago, I told him, I said, I, she scares me to death. I said, she is a big. You know? And, and we went in for Anna May's um, um, uh, funeral dinner. And Lisa walks in and I said, this is my wife. And this lady named Pat looked at me and went, and she told me later, she said, you told us she was a big woman. And she's five feet tall, weighs about a hundred pounds. I said, yeah, I'm still afraid of her. But see, that's love. When it's about God, it's about peace. You see, as a man of God, as a man who is under the power and auspices of God's Holy Spirit, I want you to understand, I'm supposed to be a peacemaker. You understand? You see, the one thing, and some people think it's mean-spirited. No, I don't allow any trash around me. If you're talking trash, it stops. If you're doing trash, it stops. People are like, oh, he's so mean. Get over yourself. Because what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to make sure that we all get to the point of peace. And we can't have peace when there's a bunch of chaos and turmoil. And you've got a right to be a man or woman of peace. 
If your child is talking trash, you have every right to look at that child and say, okay, you're going to hush now. Somebody say amen. Some of you are looking at me funny. And the state won't even find out. In fact, it's your responsibility, a man or woman of God, a man or woman of peace, to help them to get to peace in their own lives. You have to understand, I consider myself a person that brings peace and joy to every person in my world. Amen? Because I'm being guided and empowered by God's Holy Spirit. Amen? I want you to understand, anything God is about, because I'm under the auspices and in sync and collaborating with God's Holy Spirit, that's what I'm about. Amen? Do you hear what I'm saying? If you are a man or woman of God and you're in sync with God's Holy Spirit and under the power of God's Holy Spirit, you know all those wonderful spiritual fruits? That's what you're bringing into the life of every person in your world. That's why the trash, the negativity, the gossip and the slander in your life has to stop. It has to stop because you can't be in God and in his spirit and be talking that trash in your life. Are you with me? Are you with me? Because I don't know about you, but I don't want death. I don't want destruction in my life. I don't want all the garbage that could be in my life. I want death. Joy and peace. Amen? I want to make my world into joy and peace. Amen? I want to bring life to my world. I don't want to be a life zapper. I want to be a life giver. And you know why I want to do that? Because I was created to please God. You know, just on an earthly basis, guys, ain't it good when you know you've not done anything stupid and you go home and things are good? You guys say amen. Because have you ever gone home and the opposite is true? When, you, when things are life and peace and good, you walk in, When things ain't good, y'all know what I'm talking about. You walk in like this. Right? Don't sit there and act like you don't know what I'm talking about. Well, that's how I want to walk through life. I want to walk through life with my head up. I want to walk through life with a joy in my step. I want to walk through life knowing that I am, I, am, I am pleasing my heavenly father. Now, do I ever do dumb things? Yes, amen, all God's people said amen. 
but I ain't staying there. I'm going to get forgiveness. I'm going to allow God to transform my mind and my heart and my attitude and my focus and my talk and my life. Is anybody with me? Okay. I'm going to allow him once again to fill the gaps and clean up the mess. Are you with me? I know all y'all are so pure and holy because you're sanctified people and you, don't, you never make mistakes. But the reality is, us who are human, we struggle sometimes, don't we? But I'm going to make it and get it right so that I know, so that I know. And you can know that I ain't walking according to the flesh. Because it ain't about me. I'm walking by the power of and according to God's Holy Spirit. Amen? Because now my whole life is about him. And let me help you with something. There ain't no in-between. This is where a lot of people think they live. There ain't no middle road. You are either all about Jesus or it's all about you. You can even do church and it be all about you. But I want to invite you this morning to make it all about Jesus. When it's all about Jesus, it's all different. When it's all about Jesus, there's power. Are you with me? Are you with me? When it's all about Jesus, there's joy. No matter what's going on around you. I want you to hear that. So I don't think there's anybody sitting here this morning doesn't have something happen around them or in their lives that's kind of a mess. I don't know anybody that doesn't have that. Okay? When it's all about Jesus... It's about peace. I never forget when I, when I went into that surgery room. I've said it before. And, and they were going to cut into my head. Because they were going to operate on my brain. So you know it was microscopic surgery. <laughs> and that surgeon looked at me. And he said, you are weird. It's not the first time I've heard it. But what he meant was, I'm about to do a 10-hour operation on you, go inside your head, and you're good. I went, yeah. In fact, I asked him, did everybody have a cup of coffee? I'll go get you a cup of coffee if you haven't had a cup of coffee. Because in the midst of that stress, in the midst of that struggle, in the midst of that fear, I really got focused and allowed God's Holy Spirit to come down on me in a powerful way. I'm good. This morning, you can be good. Oh, but stop. No matter what. 
you can be good. You can be okay. God can give you everything you need. He will meet your needs according to his great riches and glory. He will be there for you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will be right by your side. He will take you from where you've turned to where you were created to be so that you could be his. The decision is yours. And I want you to hear this. The reason I started where I did, there's this myth that needs to be debunked in every one of our lives. That, well, that's just who I am. There isn't anything I can do about it. I want you to understand, Jesus died, but he also rose again. And he sent his Holy Spirit to come on you and help you to change your mind and your heart and transform your psyche so that you absolutely can be the man God created you to be. This morning, if you want, you say, you know what? I I need that transformation. I need that power. While we're singing that rise song again, you're welcome at these altars. You're welcome to sit in these seats. Or you can stay where you are if you're a sissy. But you're welcome to just say enough of that. Now, it's all his. Amen? Then we'll have prayer together.